myself when I'm at my worst. I don't want people to take that and define who I am because it's just a moment in time, you know? This is Right Here, Right Now, a podcast brought to you by Vocal, an online platform for creators of all kinds and all levels of experience. It's a place to post, to read, to be inspired. I'm your host, Erica Wagner. This season, we'll hear eight essays all posted to Vocal by independent creators. Afterwards, we get to hear from the creators themselves about what inspired them, what they're working on, and what keeps them going. If you have any questions that linger after the episode, head to vocal.media to leave a comment for the authors right on their essay. Who knows? You might be inspired to write something yourself. Here's Right Here, Right Now. Each and every day, we encounter new things, new people, whether virtually or in person. Each of those encounters can leave us with an impression. Sometimes, those impressions turn to assumptions. This next piece encourages us to look past those assumptions, to do more than look, to ask. Here's Everyone Has a Yellow Coat by Flora Weston. Everyone Has a Yellow Coat Coats brush on the subway, forcing our bodies to touch too intimately for strangers. We sing apologies in unison through fake smiles. I turn my music up and look at the sea of coats, all bunched together, clinging to the pole, swaying to the chatter of the tracks. One coat has seen the tattered love of siblings before, passed down until the thread loses strength. One coat weaves cautiously through the dirty crowd to preserve fur that is worth more than my rent. One coat unbuttons from a chest and drapes over the shoulders of a girlfriend's kiss. I stare at the coats and think of him, the teen boy with sandy hair and the yellow coat. We shared high school weeknights together, steaming espresso milk and sweeping floors for pocket change. He wore a yellow coat every day, and I must say, it wasn't easy on the eyes. It had darkened to gray mustard, and the style was aged in an unflattering, embarrassing way, rather than a cool, vintage way. People teased him about the coat in good fun. Some giggled behind his back in judgment. But without fail, in puddles or sunscreen, he wore the coat. He knew it was gaudy. He knew it was laughable, yet he wore it like religion. One Friday night, my ride fell through and left me to bus home. The boy in the yellow coat was soon becoming a close friend of mine and offered to drive me. I accepted. We laughed through the small town streets until it became quiet. Typical me, I blurted out in shameless curiosity, Why the coat, man? He smiled and burst. Isn't it ugly? Then he told me that I was the first person at work to ask him why he wears it every day. So he told me why. The boy's mother had MS. He told me about the kindest woman that spent every day trying to make a royal flush out of a bad deal. She was deteriorating as her limbs numbed and a wheelchair became her reality. 
Her memory was becoming foggy like a spring morning, and her eyesight was disappearing like her husband's hope. The first colors lost when you sink into blindness are red, green, and blue. The yellow coat was a high school heirloom from the boy's father, and one of the only things he wore that his mother could see and recognize him in. He had a large family and wanted a way for her to always know when it was him, in order to save her the agony and repetition of asking. I wanted to cry. When we rolled to a stop in front of my house, he asked me not to tell anyone at work because it is his story to tell. Plus, I like the drama it causes, he teased through a cheeky grin. I nodded. I sat in bed that evening, with the cool basement air making me pull the blankets further up my neck, and thought of the yellow coat. My coworkers called him unfashionable, embarrassing, and cringy. If they took the time to care or ask, they would know that he was generous, selfless, and loving beyond measure. It is heartbreaking that we would rather judge and assume than get to know someone. I want my first instinct to ask why the yellow coat and learn about what I don't know or understand. I want to pledge to ask questions out of sincerity and humanize those who act, dress, react, look, or are different than me. Everyone has a story, a reason, a plot twist, an explanation, a yellow coat. Maybe the reason they have put on weight is because of an antidepressant side effect. Maybe they interrupt because they grew up in a family of many siblings and that was how they could be heard. Maybe their dog has a muzzle not because they bite, but because it eats everything it can put its mouth around and the owners are tired of vet bills. I think of all the things people may judge me over and the stories, no matter how beautiful, painful, or hilarious, that are behind each of them. If they asked, maybe they'd learn that I never wore my hair up in grade school because two mean boys called me Dumbo Ears. Or that I'd rather be judged for being late than be too early and have to experience the anxiety of small talk with strangers. Or that I drag my feet because I used to do it on purpose to annoy my sister and it just stuck. Everyone has a reason for who they are. And the more you know and care the more our differences all start to look similar. The things that make us human, the breakable, authentic, beautiful us. And I am still close friends with the boy. I see him every time I fly back to my hometown for Christmas. He texted me on Tuesday and told me his mom is sicker than ever, but her love will survive after death, through her family, through the stories, through the yellow coat. I want to vow to forever keep opening my eyes, seeing the stories between thread and under skin until my mind drips honey. I know it isn't as easy to explain as a tangible action. I am not scheduling trips to the local soup kitchen or making a five-year plan to reduce community waste. I can't put vow to ask people questions and learn about the things that make them human on my resume. But maybe that is the point. It isn't a grand scheme, single gesture, or something to put on a list of achievements. 
but a way of life. A promise for change. A commitment to reach out my hand and love beyond the surface, even when it is so easy to turn away and make up their story on our own. I want to know why leggings are a staple in your fashion, why you like Indian food so much, why you don't want to get your driver's license, what your pronouns are. We will become a much more understanding, loving, and accepting world if we stop whispering the word ugly behind the backs of those wearing a yellow coat and start asking questions. We all have one, or many. Hell, I have an entire closet full of yellow coats just waiting for someone on the subway to brush against mine with theirs and ask me where it came from. What is your yellow coat? That was Everyone Has a Yellow Coat by Flora Weston. I got the chance to sit down with Flora to hear more about her piece. Well, we're just going to start with some basics, Flora. When did you first get started with writing? Was it vocal that brought you to writing or have you always been a writer? I think more in like a professional setting for sure, like doing blogging stuff on vocal, but I've always been an avid journaler and songwriter and likes dabbling in poetry ever since I was like a kid. Like I have a trunk of journals that started when I was seven (laughs) and it was kind of always been the outlet for life. And it feels like things haven't happened until I wrote it down or something. I'm actually a musician. I went to school for audio engineering. So I originally moved a couple of years ago to kind of get into the gigging scene and then COVID happened. So I just found myself with a lot of free time as I was on employment insurance. And that's how I actually found vocal because I just needed a creative outlet because I was feeling quite stunted, I guess. (laughs) Do you remember the first thing you ever wrote? Was it something in one of those journals? I think I I remember when I was six or seven, I used to, my mom is a grade one teacher. And so she has access to like a, a binding book machine. So I would make these little fiction things about like the dream that I want is like a golden retriever or something like that. And then she'd bind it for me and I'd draw pictures in it. My family is quite creative. My oldest sister is a screenwriter and she is also an avid journaler. So I think I just grew up in the atmosphere that it was normal to write down everything. So I don't think I realized how important it was in my life until I moved away from home and traveled and lived in different cities. And then I would reference how like, oh, I got to journal this or something with like a boyfriend or something. And they're like, that's weird, (laughs) not weird, but like lots of people don't do that. And I just didn't realize that it wasn't the norm, I guess. Tell me what inspired you to write this particular piece. What was the moment when you decided to take this subject on? So the this whole story is about one of my best friends back home and his mom has MS. And when I first met him and started getting close to him, he he would wear this awful yellow coat and everyone made fun of him for it, but it rolled off him. It wasn't like real making fun of. And I was one of the only people he told that it was one of the only things he wears that his mom can see him in. And so it was one of the only things that no matter what, she knew it was him. And 
I remember kind of thinking back on that and kind of getting mad at people that we worked with, like internally just being like, why are you just making fun of him when you don't even know why he wears it? And it's such a beautiful reason and a beautiful story. But I also really respected him that he didn't want me to tell anyone because he was like, it, it doesn't matter to me. I know why I wear it and I am comfortable with that. And people who really want to know will ask and people who don't, then that's okay. <laughs> I honestly think a lot of my friendship with this guy has really helped me see people differently. I don't necessarily think I was raised or anything to look at the world coldly or anything, but I just think he has helped me just have a, a lot of peace and just being yourself as well, just being like, it doesn't matter what people think of me because I know what I am, but then also the opposite of why should I have a negative opinions about people that necessarily you don't even know why they are the way they are or experiences that they've been through or, or what they're going through at the current moment. And I also think of myself when I'm at my worst, I don't want people to take that and define who I am because it's just a moment in time, you know? This friendship is clearly very important to you. Have you spoken about the piece with the friend you've written about here? I wonder what his thoughts are. Yeah, I sent it to him and he was really touched. His mom has been going on a downward spiral within the last six months. So I think sending it to him at that time was somehow one of those magic parts of life when the timelines meet up right or something because he was feeling quite down. And then when people read the story and liked it, and then I sent it to him, it lifted his spirits quite a bit. And he appreciate that I told the story, I guess, and the way I did. Tell me about your choice to open it with observations of strangers on a subway car. How did you choose that opening? What ran through your mind? I think because a lot of times when you're with your friends on the subway, there's a lot of snap judgments or something. Like you're sitting with your friend and they're like, why doesn't that person stand up for the other person? Or like... <laughs> this guy's talking too loudly or they're listening to their music without any headphones. And there's just like a lot of people watching and observing. And I just like the idea of starting it that way of realizing that I guess representing it with the coats that they're wearing in order to tie into the story I wanted to, to tell, but also just taking one thing like a piece of clothing and how you have all these observations or thoughts that you could maybe figure out who they are from one look, which is just not realistic, but we do it all the time. You write in the piece that, I want to vow to forever keep opening my eyes, seeing the stories between thread and under skin until my mind drips honey. Such a wonderful line. It's a great vow. Why do you think it's so important to keep opening your eyes this way? I think it's easy to get bitter or jaded. And I think learning to be soft and kind is actually harder than people think it is maybe. And I think it's to keep opening your eyes and asking questions and being present and getting to know people for who they are rather than just how they represent themselves on social media or in a social setting or in a work setting. I think it's just really important to 
ask the hard questions because I think when you do actually ask questions, there's a lot of fear being the question asker. But I think the surprising thing that I've learned is most people want to talk (laughs) and most people want to tell their story and be understood and just kind of breaking through the surface stuff is really when you make great connections and start to understand each other. And I think to be understood is what lots of people just crave out of life in general. (laughs) How's it going, keeping this vow? Because it can be challenging in the world we live in, perhaps, to think the best of people (laughs) and want to enter their realities. Yeah, I think it is easy to get stuck in negative spirals, especially when things like, even like things in your country or the world are going on and it's overwhelming. You don't understand why decisions are being made. And I think the only thing I cling to is knowing all the beautiful like relationships and conversations I've had with people I love, but also strangers that have helped shape my worldview and how I see other people. And that's kind of what I try to remember when things seem dark or something. And that doesn't mean necessarily you have to be like a rainbow princess, positive person all the time, because I think that's unhealthy in in a different kind of way. But I think just having the safety of sharing with people and being heard is just a beautiful gift that we can just give to each other (laughs) if we try. You tell this wonderful story about your friend, but then you expand the essay out in a marvelous way, saying that everyone has a yellow coat story. People have these parts of themselves that they may not reveal. What's the last yellow coat story you heard that shifted your perspective that's not about this particular friend? I think a girlfriend I'm close with, I think she in the last year and a bit has gained weight and she was getting comments from people at work. And what they didn't know was she's on meds that that is like the first symptom that you can get. And she's struggling with mental health. And if they knew that she was struggling so much, it wouldn't matter if she's gained 30 pounds in a year. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. What matters is she's still here and she is choosing to live because some people decide not to (laughs) keep going and 30 pounds doesn't matter. (laughs) You've mentioned two yellow coat moments you've had with friends. I'm curious if you've had any with people you're not close to, perhaps a stranger. I feel like for a long time, I, I was really into a party scene. There's been lots of really cool moments of talking to strangers. And I remember there was this one guy at a bar in Vancouver and he had this really big necklace and his buddies were like roasting him for wearing it. And then I asked him what it was and his mom died of cancer a few years earlier and it was like her ashes in the necklace. And I don't know how many people would have asked, but it was really cool to just meet someone and then, you know, you ask them about their mom and they just talk and talk and talk. And I don't know, that was a really cool night. And if, me or or friends didn't ask a stranger what the big clunky necklace was, we wouldn't have heard that story. What do you think about the piece now, reflecting on it a little 
later? Because there's always the moment when you write something down and then you return to it. And I, I wonder what you think about it now. I'm proud I wrote it. I was quite shocked when it was recognized. I think for a long time, just me writing on vocal has just been just for me. And like, I don't even really share it with my friends because it just, I wanted to be like a singular outlet just for my own sanity or something. And so when you guys said that you really liked it, it it was kind of a, a good encouragement for me. And I feel like I was in a rut creatively. So just to have that little pat on the back, it was, I'm really proud that I put myself out there. I'm really pleased to hear that. The impetus to assess and to judge is a strong one. But Flora persuasively reminds us what beauty we might be leaving behind in the process. Next time on Right Here, Right Now, we'll hear a piece about pushing past a different set of assumptions, the ones we have of ourselves. That will be Why I'm Never Working a 9-to-5 Job Again by R.J. Wade. Whoever you are, whatever your story, Vocal belongs to you. If you like the show, come be a part of where it all got started. Join me and the rest of our brilliant creators on Vocal.media, where you can post, read, and comment. If you like what you hear, join us for Season 2 of Right Here, Right Now, when we dive into stories from the Vocal Plus Fiction Anthology. And of course, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to Right Here, Right Now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Erica Wagner. Thanks for listening. Right Here, Right Now is produced by Vocal in partnership with Pod People. Special thanks to our production team, Jacob Fromer and Andrew Hurwitz, and the team at Pod People. Rachel King, Matt Sav, Amy Machado, Ashton Carter, Rebecca Chasson, Carter Wogan, and Morgan Foose.